You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston. Episode number 17. Oh boy. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and listening today, wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, well, thanks for coming over and welcome. Picked a good episode to come into today. Really important thing for us to consider. And if you're coming back, well, thanks for coming back. If you enjoy the podcast, man, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and uh, write a review there. Really helpful for me. Helps the podcast move up in the rankings. Super encouraging for me. And right now, if you're listening to this, like live as it comes out, you could win a $100 Amazon gift card. So we're doing a contest there. Or I guess we is me. I'm doing a contest uh, right there. So you got two weeks left of this. You can head over to iTunes, subscribe, write and leave a review there. And then I will draw a name uh, here in a couple weeks for that. And you, yep, you could be the winner of that. And you could spend it on whatever you want. Uh, so for details on that, you can go to thelongerhall.com slash podcast giveaway. That's all one word. Thelongerhall.com slash podcast giveaway. And it'll tell you what to do, show you how to go in, in there and uh, leave the review so that you might win. You could be like some of these other folks that have left reviews. Jeff Allen, 319, he left a review. He's a pretty cool guy. I like him. Uh, and uh, Joel McDonald. Some, several folks there, lots of folks leaving reviews. So go ahead and head over there. You could win a $100 gift card, and I would love to give it to you. I really would like for you to win it. So head over there, do that. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Jody Livingston. That's J-O-D-Y. And of course, the longer haul over on the Facebook. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find in the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode 017. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 017, like 17 with a zero in front. So head over there after the show to check out links and resources that are mentioned uh, or to listen. You can also listen from there as well. Today's guest is Shay Osborne. He is a church planner outside of the D.C. area in Winchester, Virginia, and he's on the show today because he served for uh, several years as a campus missionary to Marshall University, and he's on today talking about transitioning our students out of our youth ministries and into our college ministry, or into college life even. Um, maybe they move away and they're not necessarily staying in our ministry, but what kind of things do we need to do? and to be doing in order to prepare them for what's ahead. And we've talked about this before. I've written about this on the blog as well. There's kind of two approaches sometimes that are taken in student ministry, I think. Uh, And rightfully so, in some contexts, there's kind of the protect mode. So maybe when they're first coming into our youth ministry, or even especially in our children's ministry, where we're kind of protecting them from a lot of things uh, as we're teaching and equipping. And then, then we kind of get into a prepare mode, hopefully, where we begin to prepare them for what's coming and what's ahead. And if we fail to do that, we really have done very little uh, in their life in the way of discipleship. And so we talk about that here in this episode today. We talk about some important things to keep in mind uh, with with college students and what kind of things they're facing. Lots of good stuff and, of course, some resources at the end uh, that Shay gives So you're going to want to stick around for that. Great episode today. Really important for us. uh, Shay's a great guy and uh, loves the Lord and has just uh, really been effective in ministering, even now as a church planner, reaching college students still. So just just a great, great guy to learn from. I'm excited for you to hear from him and learn from him today. So with all of that said, let's jump in here to the interview with Shay Osborne. Well, hey, Shay, thanks for coming on today, man. I appreciate you taking the time um, to share with us and uh, always excited, always good to just chat and talk with you. And um, 
really excited to have you talk about this idea of transitioning our college students. Those, you know, we're spending all this time investing into the lives of these students, and then they're graduating, uh, and and in many cases, out of our ministry and into a different one. If you have a college ministry, or in some cases you don't, you get students going away, you get students staying home. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a. There's no really cookie cutter answer for that. I know, um, but before we jump in, take a second and just introduce yourself, maybe a little bit about your background, um, why why you're talking about college students, maybe. Um, and, and we'll go from there. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, again, my name's Shay Osborne. I'm currently a church planner and pastor in Winchester, Virginia, uh, of the church at Winchester. We've been doing that for about two and a half years. Um, and, but before that, I uh, was a youth pastor for several years in North Carolina and then did campus ministry at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. And so um, have kind of gotten to see um, three different stages from uh, middle school, high school ministry in the church context to doing on campus in a parachurch and now pastoring in the church that uh, a pastor now has a lot of grad students that are a part of it. And so many of which are coming out of campus ministries, um, JMU and Penn State and some others that were involved in campus ministries there. And so have gotten to kind of see the whole spectrum of a student going from middle school all the way through the other side of, of campus ministry. Yeah. And that's kind of why I, I wanted to have you on to talk about this, because I think, you know, it is an issue whether, whether or not you're responsible for college students in your ministry or not, you are, building students in your ministry who will become college students or mm-hmm. at least will fall in that age range, right? I mean, some obviously won't go to college, but for the most part, most will. And I think a lot of times we're, for whatever, I mean, Steve Parr was on the podcast back in episode seven, and Steve was sharing some research that he's done on why students who stayed in church and didn't graduate from God, if you will, why why they stayed and part of part of that research was really encouraging in the sense that you know they got plugged in right away um some of those things but what i'm finding and what i see a lot is that's that's really hard sometimes Mm -hmm. um and and i think there's a number of reasons maybe why that happens but how i guess the, the what i would like for us to really tackle and address today is how do we do that? How do we transition our students from our youth ministries so that they do successfully make it into college with their faith intact, get plugged in somewhere, and then even coming out the other side, like you're even saying now, and jumping in and becoming involved in in a in a church, local church on the other side? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that I, I wish I would have thought about and known when I was doing youth ministry uh, before being on campus, it's just having a, the kind of the long-term, the marathon plan in place for these students. Cause um, depending on your context, uh, it, it may change, but I think for, for most of us, as we were doing youth ministry, and we've got these kids for uh, six, seven, maybe eight years, depending on how the school system is set up. And, yeah, and, then, and then they're gone in a lot of ways. I mean, they, they go off to college. You may see them back from time to time, but they then they leave from college. They, they find a job somewhere. Um, and and you know, your window with those students was has come and gone at that point. Um, and so ha- really having a plan in place for students, particularly when they're high school, they're sophomores, juniors, seniors, they're starting to think about college and what life's going to be like. Um, after high school, what what's the plan that's in place for them? Um, as you're thinking through you know, your discipleship and your your small group Sunday school curriculum, whatever it is that you're using, really setting these kids up to when they graduate high school. I mean, they're they're adults now. Emotionally, we may realize they maybe they're not adults yet, but legally they are. They're going to get to college and they're going to be um, expected to be adults in a lot of ways and handle some some hard ideas, particularly if they go to a state college, 
um, like Marshall was or is, and, um, you know, they're getting hit with some hard stuff. And so knowing where is the, the grounding of their faith in that, is it church attendance? Is it, you know, a youth group? Is it mom and dad? Or do they really, is the gospel, has it really taken root in their heart to where like the, the parable of the sower, it's, it's starting to produce fruit uh, so that when they get to college, the thorns and the thistles don't, you know, squeeze the life out of them or the excitement that they had when things were kind of cool and, and fun and maybe even easy in a, in a somewhat safe environment. Now it's, it's not so easy anymore. And the, the sun kind of scorches them out as uh, Jesus talks about in that parable. And so just making sure they have some deep rooted, rooted um, understanding of, of the gospel of why they believe what they believe. And yeah. then that plan in place for where to go from there. So how, what would that look like? I mean, practically, what are some steps that, you know, as a youth pastor that you could take to help build that and ensure that? I think um, with your students that are older, um, getting ready to go to college, juniors, seniors, having some things, thinking of drinking through your curriculum, what are you using and how are you preparing these students for the fact that they're going to be kind of shoved from the nest and uh, going to have to know what they believe and send forward. And so I, I've been out, I'm sure there's, there's great curriculum for it. I've kind of been out of the loop on the youth ministry side for a little while to know what some of the best stuff is maybe out there right now, but some things that are really going to help them foundationally understand what they believe. Um, you know, I, most students in my experience are not going to have the, the God is dead movie kind of interaction with a professor where they're going to win have a debate and win the debate with the college professor. And so that's not, that's not the goal, but the goal for them to really know, okay, this is, this is why I can trust what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, here's some credible um, evidence that, that gives some confidence in what the scripture says teaching them how to to have confidence in the gospel and how to apply the gospel to to their their lives and maybe some of the idols that they have you know if you have a student that you know really just struggles with acceptance and they want to be accepted well when they get to college when they can find a place to be accepted right uh, yeah may, oh yeah it may not be where you as their pastor wants them but they're going to find a place to be accepted and so helping them understand, there, there's a um, resource called the Gospel Centered Life, and, and we've used it for our adults and small group at, at the church at Winchester. Um, but it really gives a good explanation of how the gospel applies to our issues of acceptance, our issues of wanting to control things, our, our issues of comfort and just wanting to stay comfortable. But then also kind of gives a new paradigm for understanding maturity and the fact that as we grow in our walk, we understand that God is more and more holy, and we understand the depths of our sinfulness more and more. And so the cross, though, gets bigger to fill that gap along the way. And so the goal of maturity it doesn't now rest on how many verses have I memorized and how much of the Bible do I know and how many times I've gone to church. But now it's how big do I understand the cross to be and my need for, for Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Helping understand that so that when they go away and all that comfort is ripped out from under them and all the safety is ripped out from under them, they've got an idea of, Hey, I need Jesus. And so I'm going to lean on him and depend on him for, for everything. I think a lot of times when it comes to youth ministry, we do a really good job of focusing in and equipping students to deal with where they are now you know, with, with mm -hmm. a lot of those issues. But I don't know that we always do a great job of thinking forward and helping, you know, there, there's kind of a, we, you go protect mode, you go prepare mode. And we, we probably lean a little more towards protect at times and right. trying to be really practical and apply things to where they are now. Um, we had, we've had Jamie Dew, Dr. Jamie Dew on, to talk about apologetics and that that was one of the things that we tackled there is how do you how do you help your students so they don't lose their faith when they go away 
when they graduate and leave your ministry. Um, you know, Dave Hansen was on in, in the episode before that, um, talking about teaching theology and doctrine in in your ministries and what that looks like and how how important that is. Um, and I, I think a lot of times we do a really good job with application, which is good, but but it kind of ends there, and it, and we don't really push them into in, into a deeply rooted position of just a, a strong understanding of the gospel in the context mm-hmm. of their life. Um, and I think maybe that's often where maybe we miss is we, we talk up talking about the gospel and sharing the gospel is two different things. Understanding the gospel as a believer and hearing the gospel as a non-believer are not the same thing. And I think sometimes we, we've we kind of sold our students that the gospel is like this outline that you share with somebody. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, it really plays no role in your life. Once right. you're in, you're in. You know, you don't need you don't need that season pass anymore. You got it. Um, and and I think when we do that, we certainly we certainly put our students in danger. All right, and yet we're told, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us that maturity is growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Yeah, and so as we the deeper we understand the gospel, our need for the gospel. Because then it, because what, what happens, I think, for students a lot of times, and I would see this uh, with students transitioning into college, is Christianity for them is a to-do list and a not-to-do list. And, mm-hmm. and I know it was, it was for me. And that, I know that the people who discipled me, mentored me, taught me growing up, that's not what they taught. That's just what I heard, is it was this to-do and not-to-do list. Well, then my inability to do what's right— <laughs> And, and my inability to not do what I shouldn't do became overwhelming. And the kids would go to go to college. And so then they're struggling with the guilt because they're not doing the things that they know they should be doing. And, you know, um, shame. And so they, it's, they end up like Adam and Eve in the garden of just running away and hiding and yeah. going to the places where I know I'm okay and I'm going to be accepted and going to be loved. And so making sure they understand the gospel says that Christ has already died for all that. Um, so when they screw up, it's okay because Christ has already died for that. So they can confess that they can repent of it. And first John one nine says, God's faithful to forgive them of it and cleanse them of all unrighteousness. Hmm. So the deeper they know that the more, I think the more equipped they are to handle the the bumps and the bruises that are going to come along with transitioning from one life stage to another. And then from an equipping standpoint, I mean, Ephesians 4, you know, we're, as pastors, we're called to equip the saints for ministry. Yeah. So helping students to understand when they leave, especially if they're going off to college, you, you could do this too if it's a community college because it's a transition to a different stage of life. But it's, I think it's really easy to wrap it in the context when they're leaving to go somewhere that God is commissioning them and sending them as missionaries. Um, one of the things I tell the students at Marshall all the time when they get there, we usually have some big things to to uh, get to know some of the freshmen and those who would get connected and interested with what we were doing as far as ministry with the campus. Those that were already believers, um, you know, we really emphasize you're here as a missionary. Yeah, um, yeah, Now absolutely. we're going to disciple you. We're going to help you. We're going to help you grow. But you are here as a missionary. So whatever dorm room you're in, you are the missionary to, you know, Towers West room 340. You're the missionary to that room because that's where you live. Dude, some kid who lives in that room is is listening to this podcast freaking out right now. <laughs> right. You just totally yeah. rocked his world. So I don't even know if uh, there is a <laughs> Towers West room 340. But He's talking about me. If you're there and you're listening to this podcast, you are a missionary. This is God. Right. Share the gospel with your neighbor. And your roommate. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, so, you know, as a, so as here's a, the thing though, right? That that can't just start. That can't just start once they get on campus. Like that's a culture we have to build in the student ministry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a prime opportunity for youth pastors to really get kids excited about the fact that they're a missionary. I mean, I remember when doing youth ministry and taking kids on mission trips to to overseas outside of the states and 
and then they always came back so pumped up. Um, and then if you did a you know a consecutive one the next year or something, so pumped up to be able to go again, and really sell that same sort of of passion to them for when they go to you know Marshall University or Georgia Tech or or you know wherever it may be. That hey, just like when we went overseas to wherever it was, or maybe you haven't done an overseas trip, but you've done something stateside. Just like when we went there, and you were a missionary to that area, you're going to an area now that's, in many ways, a foreign mission field for you. And and I mean, very literally in some ways. I mean, there's exchange students and and students from other countries all over the place on campus. There's students that are going to show up to a, a college, especially a state college that. Really, may have never heard the gospel before. Um, sure. And sometimes in our context, especially in the the South, it feels like that's not real. Like, how would there be an American student that's never heard the gospel? But it's it's reality. Um, and so there's opportunities that are there all over the place. And even if it's just someone that I mean, they've heard the gospel and they just they're not interested. But there's an opportunity there for our students to go in and infiltrate that world. Um, to begin to look at what are the activities that I'm doing and how can I leverage that for the gospel? Um, you know, we had students that were art majors that said, Hey, I want to do outreach to art students. How do we do that? And so we sat down and figured out how do we do that? We had students that were commuters that said, I want to do ministry to commuters. How do we reach commuters? Guys that played ultimate Frisbee and ultimate Frisbee was their ministry. They got on the, the club team just start sharing the gospel with the other guys are on that club team. So getting your students to understand God's given them gifts and the talents and abilities. He's put them in a specific place at a specific time. And all of that is to be leveraged for his kingdom. Yeah. Well, I think it's acts 17. The apostle Paul, you know, says that God has predetermined the boundaries and habitations of man. Right. And so you may think you just showed up here today because you thought it was a good idea, but, God placed you here, you know, this, this seemed like the best option and choice for you for school, but man, God, God put you here. So, okay. Let me ask this though. You're talking about art majors and commuters and like, can you give just some practical examples of what that looked like just to sure. kind of help get, get folks thinking? Um, and a lot of the stuff, I mean, it's stuff that could be done now on a middle school, high school level. So these kids are already thinking that way when they get to college. Um, we had several students who were in the art program at Marshall and um, kind of stereotypically, whatever, I mean, whatever the right word is there. I mean, the, the art program was not um, very gospel saturated. I mean, it wasn't for many of them because of situations and circumstances in their life. Maybe they were kind of hostile towards the church. Um, but we had some students that were art students that said, hey, I love these people and I want to reach them with the gospel. So we did a um, an art show where students could display their art um, because in the community, there really wasn't a lot of places for students to be able to sell their art and display it because the people, the professors and the instructors were the ones who did that in the community. Hmm. Um, and so we provided a space and an opportunity for them to be able to do that. And then we told our other students who didn't care anything about art. It said, look, we, we understand you don't care about art, but you should care about people. And so while the art students are doing the work of this event of bringing in their friends and, and they can speak the language and they know how to you know, do all of that, we can be here to set up, tear down, provide food, and then just hang out and build relationships with people. Um, That's so good. We, had, we had an event like that. And, and some of those, you know, and a, and a lot of those relationships they never went a whole lot farther than just that event, but there, there were a handful of friendships that formed. And so the gospel got to be shared. Um, and in the context we were in, we, we very rarely did like the, um, the bait and switch kind of like come to an art show. Oh yeah. And there's a Bible study. I forgot <laughs> to tell you about that. No, what? We don't do that. Do we? Do we? And so we, we just said, Hey, come and And we had people there that were strategically and intentionally there to build relationships. Um, we did a very similar thing with an all night video game tournament and, uh, neither one of those are my thing at all, all night or video games, but yeah, I hate um, lock-ins. 
we saw a lot of fruit from that. Um, and like I said, the, the ultimate Frisbee thing, that was just kind of organic. We had some guys that said, hey, I'm athletic. I'm not athletic enough to play college sports, but I'm athletic enough to be on the, the school club ultimate Frisbee team. And so um, they joined the team and start playing and going on trips with those guys and, and uh, you know, just being able to share, share the gospel. Uh, another thing that we did with the school is um, with Marshall Student Union, they were they would try to promote some events and get some things going, and we just contacted them and said, "Hey, no, with no catch, we just want to. How can we help? You know, if if all you want us to do is come set up everything for the event, and you want us to leave, that's what we'll do." Yeah. Um, and so we started doing that. The first one, there was one event. It was like a game night they did, and I think the first night they did it, we got there, helped set up, and then hung out. And the only people that were there were like our students and the student union officers um but we got spend the whole night hanging out with these student union officers to the point where they started putting our um information on everything that they did nice. this is the the student union of a state university that's putting our campus ministries info and all all it took was us saying hey we'll come help set up just tell us what to do we'll do it yeah um and, and so that stuff now that and I know you've got a ton of stuff to do as a youth pastor. Like I, I get it. Um, but there's some really simple stuff. And the great thing about those kind of things is you don't have to plan anything. You just right. say whatever's already happening, let us help. Yeah. And I think that's where your team comes in. You know, hopefully you're, you're building a team around you of people who have different desires and skills and wants and talents. And those people, you know, you don't have to be artsy you don't have to love art to be able to do that. You've got, you probably have students who are, um, oh, yeah. or, I can't or, draw a stick man. I mean, it doesn't matter that I wasn't the one. Yeah. All I said was I'll give you the money and help you plan it. You know? Yeah. I think that's, that's really good. So I think w- what we're saying is start early, build a culture that cares about people. That's intentional about reaching. And in one that also that students understand that they're, they're living on mission. And yeah. they, they take that, that with them. That's huge because what you what you would see a lot and, and Marshall University has some some top notch campus ministry. That's the only place I've seen it. But I I just from hearing stories of of other places and just knowing the guys that uh are some of them are still there but were there when I was there were just great, great guys. Um and I was one of many campus ministries that were there. But they um a lot of students show up coming from church and youth group and what they're looking for in campus ministry is youth group 2.0. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad uh, you said that. They're looking for a place to go and hang out and play games and have fun and listen to a praise band and, you know, hear a, a sermon and, and that's what they're looking for. And I mean, any of that stuff in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I think we should have fun. I think we should worship. I think we should preach. I mean, I, all those stuff is is good. But they weren't looking at their opportunity in college as a mission field. Yeah, it was very so me, right? What me. This is what I want. This is what I need. And, yeah. and that's a failure on our part in student ministry because we have not... I mean, I think that that speaks volumes to the maturity of the students as a whole, that we are graduating out of our youth ministries, that they move from our ministries to the next stage of life, and what they want is more youth ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've not really, we're not really preparing them. So, okay, how do we encourage students to get plugged in to local church if they're going away? Like, what were some of, what are some practical ways to do sure. that? to make sure that our students are actually plugging in and they're not just moving away and flaking away. Right. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. I think um, one, know your campus ministries of wherever your students go in. And, and it's not, I mean, I can't say like BSU is this and campus crusade is this. Cause I mean, they're going to be different depending on where you go. Um, so get to know, like if your students go into a, whatever college, get to know what campus ministries are there and maybe even give the guy a call and just talk to him and kind of get his philosophy of ministry because 
there's going to be campus ministries that their idea of what their job is, is to create church for college students. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't necessarily encourage students to get plugged into the local church. And then there's going to be campus ministries that really emphasize getting plugged into the local church. Um, and so I would encourage you, even though your students might want the one that's church for college students, build relationships with those guys that are, are plugging the local church because the local church has something that campus ministries are never going to be able to compete with. Um, or multiple things, I mean, multi-generational. Um, mm-hmm. The church is what Christ said was going to prevail against the gates of hell, um, not the campus ministries. Um, <laughs> the church is what is the bride of Christ. And so getting really these students plug in with the idea of the local church is where it's at. That's where ministry primarily is going to happen. Um, and we'll, when we will for us, as, when we were doing campus ministry, we, we knew we had students basically two years, freshman and sophomore year. Junior year kind of still had them around, but they were there more in a leadership role. And then senior year, for a lot of them, didn't really have them anymore because they were plugged into their local church and they only have so much time. Right. So you uh, in campus ministry, you're looking freshman, sophomore year, and then they start to fade. Right. Yeah. And so... You get to know those guys. In some places, you know, it may not be a, a parachurch. It may be a church. It's just doing a really good job of reaching that campus. Um, but really encouraging them to go and plug in with a local church and use the campus ministry as a resource to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and like I say, I mean, it's just like anything else, any other profession. You've got guys that are doing really well and you've got guys who are struggling to figure out what's going on and everything in between, you know? Um, and so just get to know those guys, see how you can support them. Take up, if, if it's feasible, I mean, take trips to where your kids, even if it's a couple hours away and you can get hop in the car and drive out there and have lunch one day and drive back, get to know what's going on in their students' lives. And, um, you know, it, you're, you're handing them off. In right. a lot of ways, that's a, that's a hard thing to do after you've been with them. You know, I had one student that um, I came into the church that she was a she was in eighth grade when I started in doing youth ministry, and uh, I left to go to Marshall when she was uh, about to graduate as a senior, and um, she ended up coming to Marshall, and so I had <laughs> the joy of having her as a middle schooler all the way through high school, all the way through campus ministry, and then. Uh, the guy who's now her husband, they met through the campus ministry and I got to do their wedding. And now they're there at Southeastern Seminary. He's he's pursuing seminary and they're doing college ministry now at their local church. Um, so really neat to see that. But man, that's that was one. <laughs> you know, right, the rest of right. them, that wasn't the case. Um, and so you're handing them off and you want to make sure the people you're handing them off to are are going to continue to equip them, love them, care for them, shepherd them. Um, but then once you're confident of that, let them go, let them go to their local church, let them get plugged in and then just reap the benefit and the joy of getting to, then when they come home, hear their stories of how God's using them. Yeah. And don't guilt them, right? Don't guilt them. Like, I think sometimes we, we say, are you in church? Are you in church? Are you in church? We want them to be in church. We want to be in church. We want to be in church. But then we still want them to consider our church, their church. Right, and so we don't really give them the freedom to engage fully where they are. Like, there's permission is never given there. They always feel a little guilty about right. leaving their home church. Yeah, and so I think that's that's really really tough. How about what are some mistakes that you see youth youth pastors and youth ministers making um, when it comes to those? Like as you're inheriting those guys in that college scenario, yeah. what are things that you're seeing? I mean, I think we've talked about some already, you know, like right. clearly knowledge, knowing a lot about scripture does not equal maturity in your faith or of scripture. Sure. Um, and I think we confuse that a lot, but I mean, are there like one or two things that you'd say, okay, man, I saw this all the time and this was killing these kids when they got to college. 
Yeah, probably the biggest thing is just they weren't, they didn't view college, which we already, we've talked about, they didn't view their college experience as a mission field. And so their calling in life during that, you know, four years, if you're, if it was me, it was six years of undergraduate <laughs> school is to be a student. Um, and so we, I think we divide like ministry and real life too much, uh, but uh, your calling is to be a, a student right now in your life. This is what, where God has you, but he's calling you to be a missionary as a student. Right. And so they're not two separate things. They're both happening at the same time. Um, and so that we could put a lot of pressure on students to, you know, be at all the events and the outreach and all that stuff. And, and but miss then they leave thinking that that's ministry, that's evangelism. And those are evangelism, but they're a type of evangelism. Yes. And often, often, Instead, like in their defense, in the student's defense, often that's how we treat evangelism. That sure. your evangelism method is events and event only, and it's invite your friends. And hey, I maybe I'm maybe oh gosh, I hope this is not heretical, but and and hear me out on this. I think you understand what I'm saying. You will not find any place in scripture where somebody is commanded to invite people to church. Like it d- doesn't exist, <laughs> you know. Like that was not an evangelism method in the New Testament. Right. Now, I don't think it's bad to invite people to church. I think we should invite people to church, and I think our churches should be aware that lost people are coming, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that is not a primary means necessarily right. of evangelism. And and so and when these students get to college and there's freedom, uh, you know, when you're, you're middle school, high school, before you get your license, like— you have the big fun event and sure I'll come because what do you mean? You're going to sit at home with your parents. Otherwise you will come to the big event in college. They have freedom and they, they're invited to a frat party. They're invited to whatever the student union's doing. They they've got stuff going on in their dorm. Like they don't, why would I go to a campus ministry? Right. So it becomes important for students to understand you're the missionary. God didn't put the campus ministry primarily there to reach your roommate. He put you there to reach your roommate. Man, that is so good. Yeah. And so viewing it that way. And that's, I mean, like I said, you know, students get out of, out of high school and they go and it's and college is intimidating. Campus ministry serve a great, um, you know, blessing to students to say, Hey, here's a place where it's safe and you can, you can come here and, and we're going to love you care for you. Just I mean the church, Universally, universal church should do that, right? We should care for one another, bear one another's burdens. But at the same time, having an understanding of right, we, there's a place where I go where I, I can be safe and people are going to love me and care for me, but also equip me for ministry. Yeah. And so um, really that view of, of sending them out, commissioning them out, I'd even encourage um you know, pastors and youth pastors, as students graduate, don't have a graduation service, have a commissioning service for these students. Yeah. Um, where yeah. you commission them just like you would missionaries going overseas somewhere. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good. I think sometimes too, I think, okay, if you look at, you take Psalm 96, for example, I think what we find in Psalm 96 in particular is <clears throat> this idea that Evangelism is not rooted necessarily in the lost person's lostness, nor is it really rooted primarily in the believer's obedience to take the gospel. Instead, it's really the glory of God that is at the heart of the gospel and the heart of evangelism. When we teach our students that they they should be sharing Jesus because it's what God commands of them. Now, listen, there's there's obviously obedience factor there. I'm not diminishing that, but when we're guilting them for not sharing Jesus and then we're trying to guilt them further because we're telling them how lost these other people are, man, that we, 
who's going to do that? You, you just, you feel like if I do it, I screw up. If I don't, I screw up. What, what do I do? And so right. rather than telling kids, no, man, God is worthy of worship, that he is mm-hmm. good. And those people were created to worship him. And he, he is worthy of their worship. He's deserving of their worship. I think what that does is it removes the burden and the guilt, and it puts the focus not on the individual who's lost and not on the individual who's sharing, but it puts it on God who is worthy and deserving of that worship and and that praise that comes through that um, through that salvation and through the proclamation of the gospel. And we so many times, and we said this even earlier here in in this episode was so many, so many times it becomes a list, right? Do this, don't do this, share Jesus, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, don't hang out with girls that do, you know, read your Bible in the mornings, do your quiet time, get alone with the Lord, have an accountability group, all these things. And man, that's, that's pretty overwhelming. And what I'm afraid is that we, while all those things are good, we put so much pressure on these guys, these students that when they finally leave home and leave the church, it's like the pressure's off. They find mm-hmm. freedom from being away from it rather than finding freedom in embracing yeah. the gospel. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, and I, I found personally in my own life, and I think it's true of our students, it's true of my, my people in our church, um, but just seeing it in my own life primarily is... When I'm not, when I'm reluctant to share the gospel, when I'm not telling people about who Jesus is, it's not because I don't care about people. Oftentimes, my reasoning, my excuses for not wanting to share the gospel or are because I care about the person. Well, they're not going to want to be friends with me anymore. I'm going to lose that influence and I might have in their life, whatever it may be. My reluctance to share the gospel is not because I don't care enough about people. It's because I don't care enough about God. Yeah. Yeah. And I see him as being too small instead of being the God who's worthy of worship. And so, uh, and man, that's a punch in the gut. And then I got to go back to Romans 8, 1, that there's no condemnation. So let me redirect my heart and mind yeah. in Christ Jesus and get that peace that surpasses understanding, as Philippians 4 talks about. And then I'm free to... Uh, and some some theologian or historic church historian will probably correct me on this, but I, I think Martin Luther um, is is the one responsible for this quote that he just said, "Love love God and do whatever you want." Right. Um, you know, and that sounds that's a little scary, right? I mean, that's like uh, Romans five scary. Like, do I sin more so grace may abound? Kind of stuff. Um, but that's the reality of it, right? Because if I'm loving God, what does Jesus say? If you love me, you keep my commandments. Yeah. And so as I see God as bigger and I love him more, and the same is true of our students, as they start to see God for as, as glorious as he is, like I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to to rebel against him. Yeah. You know? Right. Anytime when I'm when our students are in are diving into sin, when I'm struggling with sins in my personal life, it's because I've taken my eyes off of how awesome and good. Yeah, and I want to be clear here, too, and just say what we're not saying is that as a youth pastor, you also have to be the college pastor. We're just saying you've got to be on the preventative side on the front end, and then don't just throw those relationships that you've spent the last, hopefully, six or seven years building, although in reality, probably about two and a half, because you haven't been there that long and and may not stay, (laughs) which is, you know, my little soapbox here but i i I think you just continue and and for me that's here's how here's how that plays out for me um a text message when i think about them you know Mm -hmm. hey praying for you today thinking about you hope class is going well um it's lunch when they come home for break you know it's just yeah it's inviting them over to the house it's coming come help me fix my car you know come i got some yard work once you come it's the same thing i'm doing with students and I'm just I'm just doing as I go, and I'm not necessarily having to be, you know, the college pastor, so to speak. 
I'm just continuing to invest in those that I've invested in. And I'd be foolish not to. I've spent all this time pouring into you. Why would I just abandon you? Right. It was all for nothing if I don't. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's being a pastor. And I think what, one of the things I struggle with even now is, is there's always, I think the pillow swings. We either think we're just killing it in ministry. And, and um, I think Paul warns us to, not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Uh, or we, we think, man, we're, we just, we can't get it done. Like we're not, we're never doing enough. It's never good enough. But those little texts, a short email, you know, a lot of times for me, that'll come off of like, man, I should have, I meant to write that person a card this week. Well, I'll just, I'll shoot the text because it's too, you know, it's too late in the week to get a card before Sunday or whatever it is. And that text is huge in that person's life. And all it is, is just letting them know, yeah, hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. It's not motivated out of like, they're going to be upset with me because they probably wouldn't think anything yeah. bad if they didn't get a text. Well, they didn't know the card was coming, but so they're not upset. Right. I didn't know. So I'm the only one that thinks I'm a jerk for not sending a card. Well, you are a jerk for not sending the card. I, I am I am a jerk for not sending the card. Because <laughs> cards are nice. They, uh, they are. Send your students cards when they go to college. Um, but if you forget, like me, send them a text. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, just but it just lets them know, hey, I love you and I'm thinking about you. And, and you know, we... The Lord uses those things. Just trust in the Holy Spirit that He's He's going to finish the work that He started in in these students. And uh, um, yeah, and pray, yeah. pray like crazy, pray like crazy. Well, cool, man. Well, before before we finish up here, um, do you have a resource that you throw? I mean, you, I know you you kind of uh, mentioned the gospel centered life already. Is there another one you throw out for folks? Um, and that one may be the cross-centered life. It's not the CJ Mahaney book, whichever one that is. It's a different resource. Uh, okay. It's a small group resource. Um, I'll look it up. The CJ we'll Mahaney it, book is really good. We'll have it in the show notes. I'll, um, I'll find the picture somewhere. Who, who doesn't? So um, the the other one that's huge. I, I used it um, in doing campus ministry. I've used it for our church. Is it's called Concentric Circles of Concern. Seven Stages of Disciple-Making. So it's a really long title, but Concentric Circles of Concern, Seven Stages of Disciple-Making by Oscar Thompson. Okay. Um, he, in my opinion, it is the best book on um, practical how to do evangelism and make disciples uh, because it fits any personality type. It's really moldable to wherever, wherever you are in life, whatever stage of life you're in. So for a college student that's going and sees themselves as a missionary, gives them some really practical tools to be able to, to do that. And it starts with that you have to be a disciple to make disciples. And so primarily focusing on initially your relationship with the Lord, and then that flows over. Like we were talking about, when we see God as big, I mean, we talk about the things we care about. All of us do. Yeah. Um, and so when they start to see God as, as worthy of worship and then wanting to see others see him as worthy as worship as well, so that God gets the most glory possible in our lifetime. Um, it's just it's really practical. Um, it's set up the book set up to be able to use as a small group so you could take a group of seniors through it. Um, it has questions at the end of each chapter, gives the appendixes, gives some really good tools. Um, hmm of what to do and how to do it and where the focus should be. So yeah, I, circles of concern by Oscar Thompson. It's a great book. Yeah. I love practical stuff for sure. What about you folks want to find you connect with you? Where would the best place be to do that? Yeah, you can, um, winchesterchurch.com is our website. Um, we've had some trouble with it the last couple of weeks, but hopefully it'll be up by the time uh, the, this podcast goes up and we'll have all that figured out. But if it's not, just keep checking back with it. Uh, we've got a blog on there, um, podcast and some things on there as well. Um, and then uh, Osborne, O-S-B-O-R-N-E dot Shay, S-H-A-Y at gmail.com is a uh, easiest way to get up with me. I have Twitter and Facebook and that kind of stuff, but I'm not really a social media guru so i'm not on it a whole lot so email is probably the best way very cool very cool 
Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you um, taking the time, and it was really good stuff. It was really good. Well, good, man. Thanks for having me. It was good. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'll catch you later, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jody. Yeah, man. Well, there you have it. Uh, great interview with Shay Osborne. Lots of stuff in there to think about, and certainly things to consider for us as we are dealing with our students now that will be graduating out of our ministry Really important that we prepare them for what's coming, that we uh, just not only just graduate them out, but really commission them to go and to reach their campuses and to not just lose their faith, but to go beyond that. You know, back in episode seven, Steve Parr was on the show and we talked about characteristics of students and people who are staying in church after they graduate, that they're not graduating out uh, of their faith. And so there's an element of that certainly present here, even in this interview that, that with Shay, that we're preparing them, equipping them, and uh, and really challenging them to reach their campuses and not just to go and just be a learner, if you will, and just kind of taking from the class, but also going and learning at the same time, seeing that as your mission field, seeing that as an opportunity to be, uh, to be a witness and to be a testimony on campus, be involved in a local church somewhere and not I think we've got to be careful we don't guilt them into to not joining another church because, you know, they're our student, but we, we want them to plug in and engage and be equipped and serving and being faithful there. So a lot of good stuff there. Again, the show notes, all of the links and, and the resources there that we've talked about and mentioned, you can find in the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode 017. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 017. And don't forget to give away. You could win a $100 Amazon gift card there. And you can go to thelongerhall.com slash podcast giveaway for details on how to enter to win that. So head over, do that. Check those things out. Stay at it. It has been a long year. Summer is coming, which means it's going to get a little busier, a little crazier, but different. Different good. Um for for most of us. So stay the course. You can do it, I promise. And so that's it for this episode. We'll see you again next week. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.